I'm Lisa Hyde, and welcome to the Confidence Crown Podcast. I believe one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is freedom. It all starts with your journey into self-belief and creating the confidence to live your life with abundance. Ladies, it's time to earn and own your crown and be the yes queen you are destined to be. Together, let's make it rain. Welcome back, babes. I'm super excited about this season's lineup of amazing, powerful, and ultra-badass women who are examples for all of us on how we can get it done. Welcome back to another episode of The Confidence Crown. And ladies, I'm apologizing once again. I know it sounds like a broken record, but this is the end of my technical issues with sound. (laughs) So the audio fairies have granted me some new ideas, and we are going to make sure that no episodes sound bad after today. So hang tight. I absolutely love today's guest, and I hope you will too. She is sweet, smart, and sassy, and I love that she was a listener who had questions for me. Hey, you could be the next guest here. So stay tuned. So welcome back. We are in season two of The Confidence Crown. And today's interview is actually really exciting because it was a listener. Bomley, it was actually a listener who came to me um, after listening to the dating episode. And she had some amazing feedback for me. And I thought, you know what? This could be really helpful to everybody else because I'm always open to learning new things. I always want to better myself. And we all know that I have a very rocky dating life. So if Bomley could give me good advice, I thought, why not share it with everyone else? So welcome, Bomley. And will you please introduce yourself to everyone and let them know what you do professionally? Thank you for having me. Um, I am a psychologist in the public school systems. So, yeah. <laughs> and you live in North Carolina? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. I've been here for a long time, but I'm originally from Hong Kong. And we immigrated to the United States when I was really young, like around four years old. Uh, We were in New York City. How fun. Yeah, I didn't speak a a lick of English for the first year. Fortunately, I had a really awesome teacher. She just advocated for me and looked after me. And then I I stayed there for like another year. And then we moved down to North Carolina. And I've been here since. Yeah. (laughs) So I went from big city to big city and then to Southern countryside. (laughs) I know. So that's a huge change. I mean, after New York City, come on. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What do you miss? What do you miss from the big cities that you're not getting there? Oh, gosh. Like just being able to walk around everywhere, uh, a bodega or a place to eat is just down the street. Like 24 hour eating. Right. Right. (laughs) Like. Gosh, the small town I lived in, everything closed at nine. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. That's a big change. That's right. Big change. But now I'm in like the college area. So things stay a little bit later. <laughs> and how long have you been at this practice? I, I work in the public school system. So in this district that I'm currently working in, it's my about fourth year. That's great. So yeah. Um, I, I really love my supervisory boss um, and all the different teams that I work on in my school. So a lot of very passionate teachers. That's again. That's wonderful. And I think, yeah. What drew you to wanting to help other people? What drew me? Mm, 
I think that's in all of us, right? We all want to help people. We just kind of find the right outlet to channel that energy. And kind of like with you, you're always <laughs> from listening to your podcast, you're always trying to help people. I think for me, I knew I wanted to work with children, just watching my mother um, help my sister raise her kids, just watching her, all the love and strategies that she used. And I was like, wow, like I could totally do this. Oh. And when I grew up, I did it. <laughs> yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. So That's she great. inspires me. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you ever let them know that? Yeah, they know. And they they love that I work in the schools. I get in the Chinese culture, you know, being a teacher is a very respectable profession. So they're proud of that. And I tell my mom all the time, like a lot of things that I saw you doing, I'm, I'm applying it. And she still gives me tips from time to time. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, so tell me, mm-hmm. when you were listening to that episode of my rocky dating life. What, what were you thinking? Were you like, Oh my gosh, this girl needs to have some serious counseling or (laughs) she's kind of handling it. Okay. But I want, I mean, you, you had a reason to reach out. So I want to know what were you thinking when you were listening to that? I think a lot of the things I was listening to, I could empathize and relate to. I think just having friends and like colleagues in the education system and just being a woman, I feel like a lot of us have that side of us. We want to help people and we want to fix people, especially as an educator. You know, I'm sometimes presented with the kids that have the most behavioral problems. And as my job, it's like, quote unquote, fixing them, at least, you know, helping manage the behaviors as much as possible. So then the kids can learn in the school setting. So it's just, uh, I think it's just part of our personality. <laughs> and I could, I could see that in you, just listening to that, that drive, wanting to help. And then I reached out because, I mean, it was, it's a growing process, I feel like. And for me, I didn't learn the healthy boundaries for myself, at least. Like at what point do I need to cut that off? Right. So that I think, you know, probably is just one of those things you have to like go through it to learn. <laughs> so it's sure. just nice to reach out and, you know, see your oh, no. perspective. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And you were right. And boundaries are definitely one of those things as a people pleaser and a caregiver, those lines get blurred a lot. Right. And in this phase of my life where I'm not, I'm not taking care of somebody else. I actually get to hit, spend time taking care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really working on my boundaries. And so I thought it was really interesting that that was like the first thing that you like honed in on. I was like, oh, as a matter of fact, that is a big focus of mine. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, people who need the help, they can see it in you, like that you want to help. And then they tend to like take advantage of you. Sometimes it's not like they're aware of they're doing it too, but it's, you know, I know I can sometimes be like too giving and too nice and then it, it kind of encourages people to take advantage of me. And that was something that I really had like check myself. Like, oh, like I need to like step back and stop encouraging people to be needy. Like I need to step back and let empower them and let them, you know, take care of themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so two things. One, I'd love for you to give some advice. And obviously it's going to be pretty general, but for those who are going through similar situations and maybe repeating some behaviors in their relationships where 
we instinctively know like, oh no, we're doing this again. And when we want to actually create some healthier boundaries, um, do you have any recommendations that you can make? Again, it's very blank statement. It's nothing specific. If you want to use me as an example, that is a-okay. But Mm -hmm. I want, I would love for people to hear a little bit about your recommendations based on, again, repetitive behaviors Mm -hmm. that you're trying to correct, that you're trying to improve. How can you you know, support yourself in creating some nice, healthy boundaries. Right. So I would just rely back on a lot of the basic psychological principles and I had to apply them to myself too. <laughs> so I'm going to get a little nerdy. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So a lot of it is just taking a really hard look at yourself and being very honest with yourself. And everyone's different. Um, you know, some people are not able to look at themselves that harshly. But if you don't, then if you don't own your problems, you can't fix them. So that's the first step. And I think journaling helps. Um, if you have a lot of, if you have a great friend, you can talk to you and just bounce ideas off of, like who really knows you and you trust. That's another good way. Just like for me, I feel like I have to vent sometimes. Like absolutely, once I vent, it makes sense to me. <laughs> and then journaling helps too if I... You know, you don't want to say the same things over and over again. You like the few select friends that you can trust. Um, and then just through those, you know, means, then you can start identifying the problems and the patterns of behaviors that you're engaging in. And also like, what is, what is the root of these behaviors? Like that's something you have to answer yourself. Right. And then also what is maintaining these behaviors for you? Like, why is it so motivating for you to keep doing these unhealthy things. And in the context of relationships, a lot of it is just what you're familiar with. Like in a romantic relationship, you know, if you grow up in a household where verbal abuse, for example, is very common, then you will tend to seek that in a partner. You know, obviously nobody grows up in like a perfect household. Um, There's always going to be pros and cons. So you just need to figure out you know, what is it that you want in a relationship? Um, do you want a healthy relationship? And what does that mean to you? Um, or do you just want to have something that's familiar, even as dysfunctional? And it's like women who are in physically abusive relationships or verbally, ab- emotionally abusive relationships, like they keep engaging in those patterns because over time they have learned a certain personality, kind of triggers the emotions in them that makes them really excited and happy like the chemistry but it doesn't mean it's healthy so like really understanding what is like separating emotions <laughs> from you know what you want and then really learning how to like let go of those bad habits and start engaging in the more healthy habits and you know exposing yourself to it so you can start to like it more and more That's fabulous. Well, again, we're in the month of love. So we're going to try to, you know, keep it kind of on a high note, but I know we are as, I think innately as women, we want Mm -hmm. to fix things. We want to help people. We want to, you know, there's that empathy. We see something and like, Oh, it's got a broken wing. Let me fix it. And and I know that I did that over and over in my relationships. And I, even Mm -hmm. there was a point where I was like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And yet it kept (laughs) happening and part of it, I think, is that probably the um, endorphins or whatever that mm-hmm. you're right. getting kind of a, a high because you know you're helping somebody, mm-hmm. but you're not helping yourself. Right. 
But also, I would say it's an ego boost, right? Because you know you're good at it. So you kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I, I would think mm-hmm. I'd have this list. I don't be X, Y, and Z. And then I'd walk right into that ex- exact person. And it's so weird how you think, like, okay, I'm open. I'm not going to make this mistake again. I'm not going to go down this road. And yet, we repeat behaviors over and over. And I think you're right. A lot of it is what, you know, we call it limiting beliefs, what we saw as children, the relationships around us as we were growing up, um, what our parents did, what our grandparents did, whoever was closest to us. Right. And I know when I'm coaching and talking to people and I'm trying to help them, you know, like you said, hone in on that limiting belief, Mm -hmm. oftentimes they don't even realize it until right. I, I call it kind of peeling back an onion and you're kind of like going layer by layer. Like, well, why do you do that? Why, why do you do that? <laughs> what, right. <laughs> going to like, finally like, oh my God, that was something that I saw over and over. And while I thought it was a horrible experience that as a child, like I didn't, I didn't like that my parents are fighting or I didn't like that my mom was upset or that my dad wasn't around. And right. yet we find ourselves living that life. And it's so bizarre because we like, wait, we didn't like it as a child. We weren't happy seeing those things. Right. But you learn that's love. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that is the confusing part of it all. Right. So oh. without like obviously naming names or things, when you're dealing with a student, mm-hmm. how do you kind of dig in to find out why there's that, again, repetitive behavior at school if they're acting out? We know there's something going on outside right. of school. Right. How how far do you are you allowed to dig in with them? How far are you allowed to kind of um, figure out how you can help them get past the acting out part? Right. So a lot of it, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, so it, a lot of it is parent involvement, along with you know teachers and even the student themselves wanting to improve. <laughs> so a lot of times with kids you know, they don't know better. They, you know, you, you can't make, motivate them, you know, internally, you have to use external things to motivate them. Whether it's like, if you start behaving more or like doing more work in class for like five days in a row at the end of the week, like mom will take you to McDonald's or something, you know, something they like to do. Mm -hmm. A lot, there's a lot of science behind um, what we call like a functional behavior assessment. So what is the function of the behavior? Like why, the why of the behavior? And you do that through collecting data, through observations, interviewing like a series of people, like everyone that's involved with the kid, the kid, you know, him or herself, parents, and then if there's any outside agencies involved, then they can help as well. Um, our powers are very limited in the school setting. And also our resources are very, very low. <laughs> of course, of course. So we do what we can. Um, you know, in North Carolina, like one teacher can have, you know, on average 30 students in the classroom. So most of the time is like we can only focus on one behavior at a time. Right. <laughs> And and how does that make you feel? Because I mean, here you are dedicating your life to helping children be better and healthier and, and you are limited. How, how, how do you manage that for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually felt very close to burning out about two, three years ago and I had to take a, you know, mini break from the profession. Um, I was absolutely feeling that, um, for me, like, 
was one psychologist I could be serving up to like a thousand to two thousand students. Mm. It and that's a combination of like multiple schools. So I was like, this is overwhelming. I can't make that change oh, that wow. I want. Yes, yeah, not it's not possible. <laughs> right. So um I took some time off, got into sales. <laughs> And then came back um, working in the schools. And this time around, I shifted my focus. And for me, I am going to support the teachers and the parents and my administrators. So everybody who are the adults in the building, I'm going to support them emotionally. I'll be there for them with paperwork, you know, any way I can so that they can focus their dedicated energy in helping the kids. Nice. That has helped a lot more with my like mental health. (laughs) That's good. That's important. I was going to say, you've got to put yours first. Um, Right. Otherwise you can't be helpful for others. If you're not taking care of yourself, that definitely got to put your, like, again, we're going to self-care or, I mean, this is, I think as a caregiver in the past, that was part of my burnout as well is that I just kept giving and giving and I wasn't feeding my needs, my emotions, and what I needed to do to get healthy again. And I think that's a huge part of it. When you're dedicating your time to helping others, Mm -hmm. you have to give yourself some balance. Right. And that was, I think, a lot of like a really hard lesson for a lot of like early career educators to learn. And then one of my favorite quotes is from Game of Thrones. Daenerys is saying like, in order to help others, you have to come from a position of strength. Yes. So if you yourself aren't strong, you know, how can you help others? And I was like, that's coming from the queen and she is yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> love, 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 right. love. That's awesome. <laughs> so how do you feed yourself? How do you take care of yourself? Do you, will you share some self-care tips that you, that you Yeah, practice? I do a combination of things. Um, meditation, journaling. I have a fur baby. He helps reduce a lot of stress. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I have a kitty. I have, I'm very lucky. Um, I have a really good group of friends that really, they treat me like family. So that's always good. So spending time with friends, people who love you and you love back in return, <laughs> that you can just be yourself around. They don't judge you. Um, working out, definitely. Yep. Running, um, rock climbing, playing frisbee. Rock frisbee. climbing, wait a second. Rock yeah. climbing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, guys, I'm looking at this very petite little woman here and rock climbing is not the first thing I think of. Tell me about rock climbing. It's indoors. I'm still not very good at it. Um, (laughs) It's indoor rock climbing and I started it because I am afraid of heights. (laughs) Look at you. I like that. That was part of one of my self-growth. I had to overcome my fear of heights and when you rock climb, you're uh, you have a harness and like, you know, a rope right. that you're dangling off of. So it does have the sensation of like, you don't have any support, but like logically, you know, you're being supported. Right. <laughs> so I was like, this is a happy medium. Cause I, I'm not like jumping off any bridge doing like skydiving or any bungee, you know, cord <laughs> jumping, none of that. So rock climbing would be like reasonable. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, there's one of those near me. I'm going to, I've, I've wanted to go. I haven't done it yet. Um, but I think you've inspired me to try that. Um, how fun do you go often? I don't. Um, 
Yeah. I was going to like, show me your hands. Do you have calluses? <laughs> no. Actually, a lot of it, this is a good tip. Uh, one of my good girlfriends taught me when I first started climbing. She got me into it. She's like, a lot of it is your legs. You need to use your legs, not your arms. I'm like, oh. So you think about it. Like, they're just the strongest part of your body. It's like, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny. I. It's not that I don't like heights because that, I mean, that's not I found out I have vertigo and I found out the hard way. <laughs> I used to tease my mom all the time and all of a sudden I started to have it. I was like, what is happening? Does so, it bother you when you fly? No. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> it's motion. So no more roller coasters, okay. no more things that go in circles, Right. no more deep sea fishing. <laughs> Oh my God, I was on a boat and that was just horrifying. I was on all fours the whole time. The only time I wasn't sick on that boat was when I was actually getting like getting the marlin. Like that was the only time I wasn't sick when I was actually (laughs) fishing because you're so focused on that so incredibly heavy rod and the giant marlin that you're going for that you don't realize the boat's moving. But the, the rest of the time, the trip out... And the trip back, I was on all fours. Like it was horrible. So, uh, um, but I did a trapeze class here. So one of those things like you want to like overcome fears. Well, I was a gymnast when I was a kid and I actually, I went going like, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. It's going to be like when I was a kid. And my friend who was with me was the one who was afraid. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. I was, yeah, I, I did the practice on the ground. I'm so excited. It's great. Right. It's on the pier in Santa Monica. So you have this beautiful view of the ocean. Right. And it just, I'm like, this is awesome. I can't wait. And I'm climbing up the ladder. Mm. And I mean, even before I hit the platform, this wave of nausea came over me. And I was like, what is that? And then, I, okay, I'm just getting nervous because it's high. And right. it, it, you've, it, your platform is like, the the width and length of your feet. And so it doesn't feel like you have a lot of space. You are strapped in. There's somebody up there holding you. But mm. I got to tell you, the minute I hit that platform, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to do this. She's like, well, the only way down is to go down, like take the trapeze, like go down. And I was like, no, I'll, I'll go back down the ladder. She's like, no, there's only one way off. And I was like, oh. So That's this right. again, wave of nausea has come over me. And I'm starting to have like flashes, like my mom, like escaping, like not getting on a roller coaster at a certain point. Like we'd be in line forever, ever. You'd be like, right, like right. about to get on the ride. And she, there was like something at Magic Mountain called the chicken exit. And she would zip out of there. I was like, where are you going? And now I know why. So I guess you grow into this. You don't always have it. Oh no. So I'm grabbing on, I've got the trapeze, the bar in my hand and I do not want to go off the platform. Literally, like my toes are like hanging off the platform and the I'm I'm tied in, but the girl behind me is like, you have to go. And she like pushes me <laughs> and I close my eyes and just the mo just the motion, it's like a swing, but just the right. motion. I opened up my eyes enough to see that I was like going over the water. Mm-hmm. That was I was like, I'm gonna throw up all over everything. I'm like, like <laughs> tell me how to get down. And they're like, just let go. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but I was like, I was horrified. I was like, this is my big moment. I was going to be like so excited to like do a little flip and things and hang by my legs. I couldn't get off that bar fast. And you're gripping with all your might because 
yeah. terrified. Yeah. And they're like, just let go. And I'm like, what? Oh, and then I let go and I bounced onto the, they have a, uh-huh. a net to catch you and everything. So I just couldn't get off the net, the movement. I couldn't get onto like steady oh land fast enough. And it probably but you didn't throw up. Um, no, but I was nauseous for hours because I mean, I did, just didn't give myself enough time. Had I kept swinging, I would have mm-hmm. thrown up over all over everyone. <laughs> I know. Um, but that was the first. And then the second one, I, I was in Cabo with a girlfriend and she really wanted to go deep sea fishing. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can. And she's what? And they're, I'm like, I have vertigo and it shows up in weird places. And I, I don't think that's going to be, I think that movement might not be good for me. Well, everybody was like, don't worry about it. We're going to be going out far enough. We'll be past the wave. It's all going to be fine. Right. You would think. Yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, like the minute the boat took off, within, within the first 10 minutes, 15 oh. minutes of the jaunt out into the middle of nowhere off the tip of Cabo, I was like, yeah, it's not going to be good. Medication doesn't help. Um, it was too late. Oh, and by the way, we left for, you leave on the boat. It was like 630 in the morning. So there's no pharmacy open. And we made the decision to go probably like 10 o'clock the night before. So there was no Dramamine available and someone on the boat gave it to me, but I mm-hmm. think I threw them all. I think I threw them all up. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was, I know. And I don't like throwing up. I mean, like right. at all, like I will right. do everything humanly possible not to. So sorry guys, we've gone off. Camp, but, <laughs> but when you're, when you were talking about getting over fears, yeah. It's so funny. Like I was like, oh, come on. I want to get past this. But I'm like, no, my body is really telling me mm-hmm. you have vertigo. This is not, this is not just a fear thing. You need to like, right. no, no, but that's, that's a, I'm glad you shared. Cause it kind of puts me in check. It's like, I don't have vertigo. Like I need to stop being such a wimp about heights. Like, you know, there's no reason. <laughs> Well, I'm, I think, no, I think fears are allowed, but I think, like you said, you can do things to overcome them. I right. didn't even know I had a fear. That, that's the funny part. I was like, wait, I wanted to do this. I wanted right. to go on the trapeze, but my body was like, oh, hell no, you are not <laughs> having this. So right. yeah, all my like skydiving, all these things I had planned to do, uh-huh. not going to happen anymore. No, because I don't want to throw up all over everyone. <laughs> just puts me to sleep. So what good am I going to be? Why am I going to jump out of a plane if I'm half asleep? No, I don't think any of that is worth it at this point. I can just record it. I missed my window. Um, So guys, if you want to do these extreme things, do them in your twenties because after 30 something, it doesn't work anymore. It's true. After you turn 30s, like your body just behaves differently. It sure does. And this stuff snuck up on me in my late thirties. It's like, but you can look at it like a, a positive way, right? Like you can't change. See, your body changes. <laughs> oh yeah. Your body tells you, hell no. You're, I mean like, oh my God, even just like a swing kind of anything that goes around in a circle or drops fast. Mm-hmm. Now, now I love that stuff growing up. Not happening anymore. <laughs> but yeah, see like, you know, you can change. And even if it's like bad behaviors or like unhealthy behaviors, yeah, you can like, you know. It's possible. You just need to make a conscious <laughs> effort. Just also know your limitations. Right. <laughs> you right. have vertigo, you're <laughs> off the hook. Um, <laughs> but I love the fact that you you try different things, that you have a great support system. Um, mm-hmm. I too, you know, thank God for my friends and that, you know, I trust them. We can talk about all different kinds of subjects. Mm-hmm. But I do encounter lots of people like when I'm coaching and helping people who don't have the same kind of support system um, mm-hmm. and who don't have a maybe a big group of friends, 
Um, what kind of recommendations would you make for somebody who is maybe going through some hard times and doesn't really have a, a close support system? Um, what kind of other choices can you recommend or what, what suggestions would you make for someone? Or maybe someone who's feeling like they can't, like they can't tell those people closest to them. They're not right. quite ready to face what's going on. Well, there's um, counselors and psychologists <laughs> that you Literally. can go to. Hopefully you're, um, you have a good resource and uh, insurance mm-hmm. that um, can help with that. I'm not sure if this is true for all, you know, all the states, but I know in the state of North Carolina, there is a program through your employer where they will provide you either very low cost or free counseling for, I think, the first six sessions. That's amazing. So, yeah. So take advantage of that. Um, find um, a counselor, therapist that you bond with that gets you and teaches you really good strategies and skills. You know, we start there. But, you know, you have to also own that, you know, the fact that we're humans, we are social beings. So having a good support system is important to us. It's part of our genetic makeup. So if you don't feel like you have a good group of friends that you can talk to you about serious things like that, that is definitely something you need to prioritize and start building. Absolutely. Um, just because this is your time to share too, are there any organizations in particular in your state that you support or that you think are really helpful or you want to make a recommendation for? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Maybe even on the charitable side, is there one that you think is and if it's okay, if you don't, we can come back to that. No, yeah, you have to come back to that because I feel like I do so much in the school setting that when I'm out of the school, I'm involved. Other things. Yeah, other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I'm supporting causes, it would be like, um, you know, the Diabetes Association or some other biggest national organization. <laughs> I'm curious, how did you pick that one? Is that a, is that a family issue or? It is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My dad has it. Um, it's, it's a good and a bad thing, right? Everything is always pros and cons. And right. I think the silver lining was when my dad was diagnosed with diabetes, we started becoming very like conscious about healthy eating and mm-hmm. what healthy means. Um, that was like before being healthy was even cool. <laughs> So we, we had, as a family, we just all learned and we learned fast and changed our whole diet to support my dad. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, are your parents still in New York or they, do they live in? No, they, they moved back to Hong Kong. They did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so. This, so you're kind of out here on your own. Yeah. I mean, I have family in the U.S., mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm by myself in North Carolina. Oh, oh, well, um, Hong Kong, is, I, it's on my list. It's on my bucket list. It's going to have to happen soon. So oh, I'm going to have to uh, rack your brain for, for tips on that. Sounds good. Um, yeah. But I love the fact that like, that your whole family supported your dad when he was diagnosed and that you guys made some changes across the board. I think that's also, both of us, I see this happen on, in families as well. Like somebody's sick and people either rally around and they try to make improvements that, you know, again, across the board, like for everyone in the family, or they're like, no, this person has a special diet and we're going to do this. And then that's like, no, just everybody just eat clean and just be healthy and just like be supportive all the way around. Don't, don't make one. I don't know about you. This is what I'm seeing with friends, kids. Did your family, did you grow up with whatever your mother prepared for dinner or your dad, whoever was cooking? Uh Because it could be in your was that what was served or did you and your sister have special food mm. and you and your, dad, and your mom and dad ate something different? 
No, my grew up in a very traditional household. And one of my mom's parenting techniques is like, if we don't eat what she made or my dad ate, then yeah. we'll have it again the next day. Love and, it. you know, over time, leftovers are not very good, but there's nothing else to eat. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you learn that you better eat it the first time around. <laughs> I know this seems like a silly thing, but I will tell you, watching my friends raising their kids yeah. in this whole other generation, I see it mm-hmm. like all around me. They make separate food and it's crappy food for their kids. And it's not what they're serving themselves. I mean, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes, not all. but I am shocked. I'm like, there were no options. Whatever my mom was cooking was what we were eating. We were lucky yeah. to have whatever she was making. I don't, I don't, when did this change? I think it's a lot of things, right? Like just Eat, feeding children is one of the hardest things about being a parent. <laughs> and then, but, it, wait, but your mom did it. My mom did it. We're okay. So when did it become okay to cater to a child who decides no? no. I think it depends. Like now <laughs> women have more opportunities in their career so they can go to work. And they come home and take care of kids versus in my, for my mom, she was a stay at home mom. So she had all day. Right. <laughs> so pros and cons. <laughs> to, oh, totally. Totally. I just, it always like, if I see another chicken McNugget on some kid's plate, I'm going to lose it. It's just like, right. you're not setting them up for good behavior either. You're not, you're not setting them up to be successful in their health. If that's what you're feeding them. Right. What you make is what they eat. <laughs> I mean, like you said, when they're hungry enough, they're going to eat it. Right. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I can only feel for parents, like maybe one battle at a time. <laughs> I guess, I guess maybe I shouldn't be nitpicking, but I just, I wonder because it's, I think that's, like you said, you, you guys all rallied around your dad. You guys made yeah. it a clear thing that it was a family mm-hmm. improvement you're going to make. And it actually enlightened all of you to know like, Hey, if we start these practices now, we might not have to face this issue ourselves. Right. We're all related. We share similar genes. Right. Exactly. So why, why not are we that? giving yeah. our kids junk to eat if we're not eating it ourselves? Sorry. That's, that's my one gripe. And I know I don't have children and I'm sure I'm going to hear a lot of like, you don't know what it's like. But I know that I didn't have options. I know that. Like, <laughs> so you want all the kids that I have options? Right. It's like <laughs> this is this is it. Like eat it, meatloaf, whatever, soup, right. like whatever. You're just gonna eat it. <laughs> all right. Sorry, going off You're tangent. Finally, um, <laughs> um, if you um, were gonna have a podcast, totally random. Um, what subject would you want to discuss? Gosh, um, I think I would want to talk about food. <laughs> there you go. Okay, we got on a good subject then. Yeah, yeah. I, I love to eat. And it's probably because of my mom forcing me to like try all the different yeah. foods all the time growing up. No okay. choice. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, with some things you have to have an acquired taste for it. Totally. But yeah, I would, I would love to talk about food. Um, one of my goals this year is actually to start a YouTube channel to uh, feature healthy recipes that for busy women, something easy, del- delicious, right. Okay. And on the healthy side, you know, cause you know, you can't be too healthy cause then it doesn't taste good, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely tough. Do you enjoy cooking that? That's probably the biggest part of it. I, it's like a love hate relationship. So <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, a dairy allergy. Um, so 
I have to cook because a lot of dairy's hidden a lot of things. Um, and while I'm doing it, I love it because I get so excited about the end product. I get to eat it, you know, it's reinforcing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then like, it's the aftermath. It's like, oh, I have all these dishes to wash. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I was going to ask, what are your limiting beliefs if you're not enjoying the cooking? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the dishes, yeah. <laughs> the dishes. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Mm-hmm. I also find it hard to prepare or get excited about preparing food for just one. Like one thing is like entertaining. Like if you're going to have people over and you can try a new recipe and there's like a, but I go go back to leftovers. If you're cooking something for yourself, you're going to have to eat it like the next like five nights because you have all this leftover. So I don't like it anymore. I don't, I, I'm really bad about it. Yeah. I try to, you know, my mom taught me, she's like, you know, you don't want to cook every night because you're going to drive yourself crazy. You're going to hate cooking. I was like, you're right. She's like, just do meal prep. And she taught me how to do it. You know, you can do it for the week. But then like you, I'm like, I don't want to eat leftovers. Like by Friday, I don't want to eat this again. (laughs) So now I have like, I balanced it out where I like have like three nights of the same food and then I'll cook again for the next three nights. That's like, good. That's a better compromise. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And do you do that like on Sundays? Is that your big day for meal prep? Yeah. Usually. Yeah. I used to do it. Now I just get a food delivery. Yeah. I know. I stopped. I really did stop cooking. Um, I took that off my plate of like, one, I was wasting food. I was like shopping, right. not cooking all of it. So it was spoiling or I'd cook it. And then like, you, then that would be the week that there were like all these other things going on. And then the, anyway, mm-hmm. I thought I was wasting more food than I was actually eating. So, right. But I used to do meal, meal prep on Sundays and I'd have mm-hmm. all my lunches and everything, dinners all lined up in all their little containers. Um, so you could just heat them and go, but now, now I let someone else do all the dirty work. <laughs> yeah. And th- like, that's great. I-, I would love if I had all the money in the world, I would hire a prep, like, <laughs> Oh, a, know, chef? a chef. Heck yeah. Oh, oh no. Yes. <laughs> that's, that is on the goal list. It is for sure going to happen for sure. Right. <laughs> You don't have to cook or clean. Bombly, it's, it's right. a win. It's great. <laughs> With my dairy allergy, I can request anything. <laughs> Absolutely. I listen, I had to take out gluten, dairy, and sugar. And so it oh again gets really boring to cook the yeah. same food over and over. It's like, ooh. Yeah, and they have to spend time researching what to make and like finding the ingredients. Like you just by that time you're like, I don't I don't care about this diet anymore. <laughs> no, no. And I I ate something last night. It, I had like the cleanest, I had salmon that had mm-hmm. some shrimp on it. I don't know why. Mm. And green beans. Okay. All I know is I had, I get this little allergy. I get like these red marks on the side of my nose. I know when I'm having like an allergic reaction to something, uh-huh. but I have no clue because I've always eaten green beans. I've always eaten shrimp and I've always eaten salmon. So I'm like, what the hell was in that meal? Yeah. So find out. I'm going to have to go figure out what they cooked it in. Cause I can't, I'm like, oh my God, it, it's, you can't say that. See, mm-hmm. little, it looks like I had almost like I had my sunglasses Barely. on all the time, yeah. <laughs> but but last night it was like really red and itchy, and I was like, "What the hell? I ate the cleanest thing possible." So right. curious. How so, crazy if it was like the combination of the three that you're allergic to, but not if they're separate. <laughs> no, and I've done those things in the past where I've like done elimination diets, where I've done blood tests to figure out what triggers. You. And I know, I know, like for those blood tests, if you happen to eat the same things over and over and over, like if you keep a really consistent diet, mm-hmm. that first blood test is going to show all those things you're eating because that's oh. what you're eating the most of. <laughs> then you have to like take them away and slowly bring them back in. And oh, okay. it's a drag. But you're not like, what's nice is, you know, it's one thing, dairy. You're like, okay, I can mm-hmm. figure this out. 
I'm like, it's all over the place. So I still don't know what, anyway, my nose still itches from last night and I don't know why. <laughs> but I'm excited about your YouTube channel. This is exciting. So I'm going to... I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to be your accountability partner here. Okay. I appreciate that. I need it. I need it. By when do you want to release your first episode? What's the, what's the goal date? Oh gosh. It'll Um, have to be over the summer. It'll have to be over the summer. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Do do you get the summer off or do you have to do, um, um, summer school? Uh, I do get the summers off and yeah. So that's the only time I'll be able to. Okay. So as someone who procrastinated on starting their own podcast because I was interviewed on one uh, over two, no, it's probably two and a half years ago. Okay. And it took me a year and a half to actually get started. I will tell you this. Okay. Now, between now and the summer, start creating the outlines for the recipes you want to do, the subject matters you want to cover, the things you want to do. So when you get to that recording period, you already have your outlines done. And so you know what you're going to focus on. So you can be faster at actually going to do it. Because if you wait till summer to start the planning, (laughs) it's going to take all summer. Right. Okay. So you have plenty of time to do it now, which is exciting though. See, this is like, oh, you're going to be like, I cannot wait for summer break, not just because it's a break, but because I'm going to be doing this whole new project. How fun. Yeah. (laughs) So you heard it here first. Bonley's going to have a YouTube channel that we're all going to (laughs) watch and we're all going to learn how to cook healthy meals. Um, that are easy and tasty and are easy, are quick to make. So I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Deal. <laughs> um, Bali, is there anything else that you would like to dig into or share or any subject you want to rehash from the podcast or anything else? I, again, I love your feedback. I, I'm so thankful that you um, shared with me your thoughts and feelings on what I was going through. And I just, I, I love that kind of communication with the listener. So, mm-hmm. um, is there any other subjects that we, uh, that I've covered that you were like, girl, we need to talk about this. <laughs> yes. Actually, now that you brought it up, um, I think self love, I know that it seems to be like the cool word lately, mm-hmm. um, on social media, self love. Um, but that is very true is that I feel like that's the root of a lot of people's relationship problems, mine included. And it's not about being like egotistic. It's always about you, but like you really need to learn to be with yourself, live by yourself Mm -hmm. um, if able. Just spending time alone. I feel like a lot of people are miserable with their own company. So if you're not strong on your own, if you're with someone, then you're just like leeching off of them, of their energy and what they're doing. And in return, it's like, what do you have to offer for the other person? And same thing could be reversed, right? And the Absolutely. other person could be leeching off of you. And, you know, as great as relationships are, like you want to have more to offer. And if you're both strong on your own, it's, there's just more exciting things in the horizon as you're spending hopefully a lifetime with this person or the next seven years. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're spot on. And it's actually something that um, I'll, it will be discussed in my book, which by the time you listen to this episode should be okay. released, <laughs> but it's all about self-belief and self-love. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it should have already, oh, fingers crossed, it will have already come out by the time we hear this episode. Yay. But that's, 
I think it's really, 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 really important (laughs) because if you don't have those, if you don't have that foundation, if your self-belief and your Mm self-love practice is not strong, Mm -hmm. you're not, like you said, happy sitting alone by yourself. Mm -hmm. How can you possibly expect to be good giving to someone else in a relationship? How can you expect to be a good partner or a healthy partner if you aren't happy with what you're projecting? Like, yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing people don't realize, but I'm always in this belief. It's like we reflect, you know, what, what, what energy we're giving off is what we get back. It's kind of like a shadow format. So Mm -hmm. if we're, if we're not like loving ourselves and again, not egotistical, but just like, Hey, I am, I am healthy and happy in this body. I am proud of myself. Um, I know that I eat well, I take care of myself. I exercise, Mm -hmm. I get sleep, all the stuff. I know that I'm making myself a healthy being, right? which which makes me excited to share that kind of energy with somebody else because otherwise you're just going to keep recycling the negativity and nobody needs that. Right. Absolutely. I'm excited about your book. (laughs) Cheers to self-belief. And it'll be kind of a workbook format so that you're actually going to get some assessments and abilities to actually watch yourself improve. Because I think part of this lesson of life and how we just grow is like, we're always learning. We're always changing. We always have this ability to better ourselves. Mm-hmm. We just have to take action. Right. And now you have a book to help yeah. guide people through. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. No, it's great. Yeah. So thank you so much for today. I'm so excited. Um, you are the first listener that I've been able to interview. And I'm just thrilled about it because, you know, I think Instagram is really amazing and I'm yeah. so appreciative that you found me and I got to talk to you and you really did hone in on some stuff that's really important to me about things I'm trying to work on for me. Yeah. And um, I'm just appreciative of you. And I, I just thank you so much, Vonley. It was just such a treat to get to talk to you today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm very honored to be here. Oh, first girl. guest from Instagram. Um, yeah. And- I'm glad I was able to help. I, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, I hope I didn't offend you or, you know. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So. Nah. No, I, I, <laughs> I, again, I thrive on the learning. I thrive on being educated on all of this. And mm-hmm. if there's something that I need to work on to be a better person, because again, I want to give off a good energy. I want to make sure that I'm serving my clients. I want to make sure that I'm serving my audience. I want to make sure that I'm giving my best. So hell yeah, call me out on something. I'm good. I I love the attitude. Like everybody (laughs) needs the attitude, like in order to grow and change and be better, you need that. (laughs) We have to, Uh, we are, we are evolving people. If we don't keep growing we die. Like, it's like, it's, it's just something we have to keep working on for all of us. I mean, I I don't think we ever stop. And I feel like these last few years of really focusing on my own personal development and really making sure that I don't repeat past behaviors, Mm -hmm. um, has like opened up a whole other world. I would have never done a podcast. I would have never put myself out on social media the way I have if I hadn't worked on me prior. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable. Now it's like, eh, there's, there's people who hate whatever. That's their trouble. It's their time, their energy, not mine. But what I'm loving is the love. There's so much 
goodness happening out there. And there's so many wonderful people like meeting you. And, oh. and actually I was so relieved. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you. I'm like, no, no, tell me. And I was like, Oh God, she's going to tell me something. I, I was so happy when I read your notes and I was like, oh, okay, I'm already working on that. I'm doing that. Okay, good. I'm on the right track. And that was like the best of all. I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to see what, you know, the next stages of your life is going to, you know, Thank come up you. with. You're always evolving and inspiring. And I do appreciate all your honesty because I feel like we, for me at least, grew up in a generation where like we have to be so perfect as females. And mm-hmm. it's nice to hear another female saying, oh, I'm not perfect. I am flawed. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Even J Lo's not perfect. Beyonce, they're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, guys. We're all really human. share their stories, but you do. So, it's well, great. thank you, thank you, and I'm so appreciative of you. And I'm excited for your YouTube cooking channel. I cannot wait. Uh, and she's like, "Oh my God, what did I do?" Uh, <laughs> and just know there is lots of love being passed back and forth. And I thank you. All right. So we did cover some kind of heavy subjects today and Bombly has been sweet enough to, you know, give me some great advice. And obviously if you are suffering um, with some issues that are happening to you in school or outside of school, um, you know, she and I met because I was talking about my dating life, but we would love to connect everyone. So please DM me or tag me at the Confidence Crown and we'll keep the conversation going. Thanks so much.